I guess we'll jump into this this morning. I'm, I'm uh, excited about the thought I feel like the Spirit wanted us to look at today. Hope you guys are all encouraged. I love that verse where Paul says, we, we faint not because we have received mercy. Because we have received mercy, we faint not. And when, you, when we really understand the grace of God and the mercy of God, there's never a reason to faint and give up. Because if God be for you, who or what can be against you? So no matter what, I mean, look what Paul went through. I mean, Paul was imprisoned. He was shipwrecked. He was beaten. He was rejected. He was misunderstood by the Christians, by the saints. He was, oh my gosh, the list goes on and on. He was naked. He was in, hungry. He was all these things he listed. And, um, and he says, in all these things, I'm more than a conqueror through him who loved me and gave himself for me. It's awesome. It's awesome. We faint not because we've received mercy. Because we've received mercy. And, and believers faint because they don't see His mercy. You know, there's so much legalism out there in the church. So much law. So much performance-based teaching that only if you do will God do that people give up. And that's the good news that needs to be heralded from every housetop. He Himself... He himself is everything we need. And if God can join us to his son, which he did, and only God can do this, for it is of God that we are in Christ Jesus. If he can put us in his son and his son in us, we faint not. Isn't that cool? And, and, and what I want to share this morning about is, is this thought right here. This We can have concepts of grace, concepts about grace, or faith, or concepts about love, concepts. And if those concepts don't lead us to a revelation of Him, then the concepts become empty and a substitute for Him. Concepts Revelation of grace are all to lead us to see Him. Only in Him is grace vibrant and powerful. Be strong, my son, in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. The Son of God is our message. Paul said, God, who separated me from my mother's womb, sent me to preach Him. He revealed His Son in me that I might preach Him. So what I feel the Spirit saying to me this morning to encourage us in is um, let the revelation of the new covenant, the revelation of grace, the revelation of faith, the simplicity of faith, all these things, let it bring us to a greater revelation of Him. Because think about it. You can't have a relationship with grace. It's a concept. You cannot talk to faith. It won't talk back. You cannot pray to love. It's a concept. But the Christ, you can talk to him. You can hear him. You can follow him. We can have a relationship with him. And that's the heart of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is sent to show us him. See? And the Scripture says that the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. Jesus. Of him. See? So... As we are learning about grace, 
be sure and, and remember that the Holy Spirit's desire is that you see the beloved Son. And in Him, we really see grace. We really get mercy. We really get faith. We really get love. We get all those things. For in Him, hidden in Him, are all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Even wisdom and knowledge can lead you away from Him if you let wisdom and knowledge be the end. Doctrine will, be, will lead you away from Him if you let doctrine be the end. There are means to an end. And what is the end? Is Jesus Himself. It's the carpenter. It's the Nazarene. It's Him. It's Him. Do you feel that? Amen. The Spirit of God is excited to show us Him. And, and the point that uh, I felt like God wanted to say today, what I feel in my spirit, is that God... Loves simplicity. You were? Yeah, I just had that thought in my mind. Yes, simplicity. The world is craving for simplicity. Religion makes everything complicated. Men make things complicated. And a lot of times men make things complicated because they want you to depend on them to explain it. If they make it too complicated, you go, I can't understand this. I got to go to pastor so-and-so. I got to go to teacher so-and-so. I got to go to this person. No, it's not complicated. It's Christ. And that's why Paul said, don't be ashamed of the good news of Christ. Don't be ashamed of the simplicity of God's ways. God's ways are not our ways. Man makes everything complicated and, and hard and, oh, you got to study and for a reason, he went, to, he went to Galilee and not Jerusalem to pick his disciples. He didn't go to the, to the, to the big metropolis of Jerusalem where all the, the schools were, where all the rabbis trained students. He didn't go to that place where Gamaliel trained students. He didn't go there. He went to the, the backwoods of Galilee. They could tell they were from Galilee because of their slang, the way they talked. They were not educated he chose the uneducated on purpose. Paul says, consider this, not many wise, not many noble see this. Few wise, few educated, few nobles see this. But God has chosen the foolish to confound the wise. He's chosen the weak to confound the strong. Paul was a huge Exception. That's why he says not many. There are a few. Paul was one of the few. He was educated by Gamaliel. He was one of the ones from Jerusalem. He understood and yet he, he said, all my learning I count as dung when he saw Christ. That he might know Christ. Christ is our wisdom, see. And that's what he meant when he says, don't be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Don't be ashamed of God's simplicity. Don't be ashamed. Don't let someone tell you, ah, oh, you're being too simplistic. It's more than that. You got you know you got to you know no Christ Christ is all and in all. Our ways are not God's ways. And his ways are the only way that works. That's what's great about it. I mean you can go down the road of uh, men's ways and education and vain philosophies and Greek philosophy and and religious treadmills and at the end, you'll be exhausted. Jesus said this. He said, there's only a few things necessary. Really, only one. I love that. 
Nicole. Yeah. I love the way he was thinking. He, was saying, he, goes, he goes, there's only a few things necessary. Really, only one. That's so cool. I mean, he was actually thinking it and saying it out loud. There's, really only, there's only a few things necessary. Really, only one. And Mary has chosen the one thing that is necessary. And what was Mary doing? She was, she was sitting at his feet, beholding his face, listening to his voice. Him. One thing. One thing necessary. Isn't that awesome? It's that simple, yet that profound. I call it the profound simplicity of God. I love it. Profound? Profound? Yes, profound. The the profound simplicity of God. We have to be like children, you know. It's God's way. It's His way. No flesh can glory in His presence because it's all Him. We're just looking to Him. I know not why I I see the blind man said, I don't know. I just know that once I was blind and now I see. And it's this man who did it. You know? So cool. Lord, thank you so much for the simplicity of your ways. Thank you that you have summed up all things in Christ. Thank you, Lord, that you've revealed to us the mystery of your will. That in the fullness of time, you might gather together all things in heaven and on earth in Christ. Gather together all things in one in Christ. Christ is all and in all. All who believe to live as Christ. Thank you, Lord, for the reality of our union with you. Lord Jesus, thank you that you're teaching us your way. For you are the way. You don't show us ways. You are the way. You are the truth. You are the real. You are the life. Thank you for the simplicity of God. Help us to enter this deep rest, the deep rest of God, even the true Sabbath. For he who has entered into this rest has ceased from his own works, even as God did cease from his. Behold, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. And you shall find rest for your souls. Come unto me, all your heavy laden, and I will give you rest. As I am, so are you. In me, you are as I am, righteous. In union with the Father, I in you and you in me. The Father in me and I in the Father you may know the love the Father has for you. He calls you beloved. He calls you beloved. Live as one who is loved every single day. He calls you beloved. My sheep know my voice and they follow me and they will not follow a stranger. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord, for the power of your spirit. Amen.
Let's look at Colossians. Colossians. Which is right after Philippians, which is right after Ephesians, which is right after Galatians. Colossians. Let's look, let's look at, um, well, you know what? I'm going to read, let's start chapter 1, verse 1. I'll read pretty quick through here and get to the point, part that I really want to kind of focus on. But this is so rich. This, I say it, Colossians is one of the richest letters from Paul we will ever read. Colossians is so rich, so rich. Ephesians is very similar, very similar. Both those letters are very similar. But Colossians is, to me, it's, it's awesome. It's just amazing. It's just amazing. Okay, here we go. Colossians chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God. Paul was always referring to his apostleship as not from men, but from God. And Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ who are at Colossae. Grace to you and peace from God our Father. Paul always would start his letters with grace and peace. Grace peace. Grace from God, peace with God. Awesome. We give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which you have for all the saints, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of which you previously heard, and the word of truth, the gospel, or the good news. Notice in verse 4 and 5, he says, we heard of your faith in Christ, the love which you have for one another, the saints, And the hope laid up for you in heaven. Remember he says the three things remain. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. He's defining what he means by that in this letter. He's saying, I'm talking about faith in Christ. I'm talking about love for each other. I'm talking about hope for the final redemption of the body that's laid up for us in heaven. The the final release from this body where we will be totally free from this mortal body. And free from this realm completely. Isn't that awesome? When we shall see face to face, that's our hope, no longer walking by faith, but by sight. Awesome. Faith, hope, and love. See, we receive the love of God. When he says faith, hope, and love, these three remain, he's not talking about really the love of God from, from God to us. He's talking about what, what remains among us. When we receive the love of God, the revelation of the love of God in Christ, that gives birth to faith in Christ. That gives birth to love for one another. That gives birth to the hope. See? So that's what he means by faith, hope, and love. And that's, that's, what, that's what really matters among us is faith in Jesus. See, Jesus himself. Love for one another and this hope that this is not the end. The story's not over. And that this body will put on immortality. And we will see him face to face. Isn't that awesome? And how did all this come to us? Through the word of truth, the gospel, the good news. Verse 6. Which has come to you just as in all the world, also it is constantly bearing fruit and increasing, even as it has been doing in you also since the day you heard of it and understood the grace of God in truth. I love this. Fruit will come from the good news and increase. Fruit will bear, the fruit will be born and it will increase. 
And it starts the day you hear it. It begins the day you hear it. And it begins to grow and increase. Why? Because you understood the grace of God in truth. Say, fruit comes through grace. True fruit comes through grace. I love that verse in Acts where it says that the, the Lord confirmed the word of his grace with signs and wonders. He will not confirm the word of the law with signs and wonders. He will confirm the word of his grace with signs and wonders. So cool. Verse 7. Just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow bondservant, who is a faithful servant of Christ on our behalf. Notice how Paul speaks so gently and so lovingly about the brothers. Isn't that cool? And he also informed us of your love in the Spirit. For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the, with the knowledge of His will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please Him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Now, when you hear things like that, that you might walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please Him in all respects, don't let that put you back on a performance Mentality or performance treadmill. All Paul is saying there is that there, there's God wants to reproduce His Son in us. You know, Peter was Peter would say stuff like, "Lord, depart from me. I'm a sinful man, and I, I I'm not worthy of you." And 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 Jesus would say to Peter, "Don't be afraid, Peter. Come to me. Come to me." The essence of the work of Christ brings to you and I a word from the Father that is true in Him and now true in you, as John says. True in him and now true in you. And what is that word? Behold, you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. The word that went to the son now goes to you. What was true in him is now true in you. The essence of the... God is so pleased with you and I because we have simply believed on his son. This word here that Paul's talking about is about... The bringing forth of that liberty of the sons of God in our own lives. He, wants, he doesn't want us to stay in a prison. He doesn't want us to stay blind. He doesn't want us to stay brokenhearted. He doesn't want us to stay in that place of hurt and pain. See? So he, he, he calls us forth into this awesome liberty of the Son of God. But there's not a hint, not a hint of displeasure in us as people, as sons and daughters. Not a hint. Not a, not a second. What is true in him is true in you. Behold, my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased. You can say that for yourself. And I tell you the secret to life. The secret to life is to live every day with a conscious awareness that you are so loved by God. The, the son lived that way every day. He was so aware of the father's love for him. He, was, he lived consciously aware that the father loves the son. He says, the father loves the son and he will show me all things. He constantly was aware of the love of the Father for him. The Father was constantly adoring his Son, just loving his Son, loving his Son, and the Son loving the Father and loving the Father. That dynamic, that fellowship is what we've been called into. For God has called us into the fellowship of the Father and the Son. That's what that's all about. He's called us into this fellowship of, oh God, he loves me. Oh God, I love you. Oh God, I love you. Oh God, you love me. Oh God, oh God. (laughs) You know? That's the fellowship of the Father and the Son. We've been called into that because He Himself has removed every single obstacle, everything, every, everything, by His death and His resurrection. That we might, as John 17 says, 
Father, that they may know, that they may know, John 17, that they may know that the love whereby you have loved me with, you have loved them with, that 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 love may be in them and I in them. He stopped praying. That was the last word. That's it. The fellowship of the Father and Son. Father, I pray that they would know this. Live every day loved. Beloved of God because of Christ. Awesome. We faint not because we receive this mercy. We receive this love. We faint not no matter what's happening in this world. Okay. Strengthen with all power, verse 11, strengthen with all power according to his glorious might for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience, joyously giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Remember last Sunday, talked about the light? The saints in light. We once were in darkness, but now we are light in the Lord. We are light. There is no darkness in you. This is awesome. You are light. We once were darkness, but now we are light in the Lord. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. See, we, tr- we truly have been translated from the domain of this darkness into the domain of the beloved son, which is the domain of light. The, in- the enemy can see you. That's why they said in Acts, when these guys, you know, heard Paul and them saying in Jesus's name, Depart from these people. The demons were, would depart in the name of Jesus. And so these Jews saw this happening and they said, oh, this is cool. I want to try this. And so they, so they found somebody with some demons and they went over and they said, you know, they said, what, what, what did he say? He said, Jesus. Okay. How did he say it? He just said in the name of Jesus. Okay. In the name of Jesus, you got to leave. And the demons spoke back. And they said, Jesus, we know. Paul, we know. Who are you? They couldn't see any light. They can see in the spiritual realm. They could not see any light. They see in the spiritual realm. They don't see any light. There's no light. They just, these dark figures of humans were kind of trying to t- cast them out. And they said, who are you? And they jumped on them and they ran naked through the place. They put, tore their clothes off. The demons took over them. And they, they're like, oh my God. You know? Why? The point is they can see the light. They can see it. I guarantee you walk into, don't be afraid of evil. You walk into evil, man. They see you. They know you. I was at, uh, walking in Lake Eola one time taking a lunch break from my, off- my office when my office was downtown in Lake Eola. And I was walking, and, and this, this homeless guy was walking down the sidewalk, and I was just pondering, looking over the lake, just hanging out with God and just hanging out. And this guy was coming down the sidewalk, and he was like stumbling and stuff. And when he got about 50 feet from me, all of a sudden he started cursing. And he started saying, ah, the church, yeah, I hate the church. Ah, I mean, really bad cursing. But he, he suddenly started cursing the church and cursing God. And, you know, but he wasn't doing that before. But when he got about 50 feet from me, he started cursing. And I'm going like, that's odd. And I just watched him walk by, you know. And the Lord showed me. He said, he said, he knows, they know who you are. They saw you. And they hate you. They saw the light. Isn't that cool? They saw, he saw it, and so he, he started, the demons in him just started switching and just started just cursing the light. And there was no sense of apprehension at all. Angels were all around me. You know? Angels, I tell you, angels are awesome. Angels are awesome. God has sent angels to be with us. You've never, you've never seen so many angels until you see the book of Acts. I mean, Old Testament, you didn't see that many. But, man, tell you what, they're ministered, they're, 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 they help us. 
They help us. They encourage us. Angels encourage us. God is with us. Absolutely. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. I tell you, angels are so, God has given angels. When Jesus was about to go to the cross, God sent an angel to strengthen him. And I think one of the main reasons he gave, when the angel came to strengthen Jesus was to remind Jesus of the unseen. Be strong, my son. To remind him of home. To remind him of the glory of heaven. In that struggle, yeah, Bill. Um, speaking of that light, I, I, I got to see that one time in a dream. I saw from the, I was walking through my, my doorway into my house, and from head to toe, I saw this beautiful, bright, white, sparkling light that went from my head to my toe. And Colossians, remember, talked about we were circumcised in the flesh. I, the, the glory of God in me was cut away. My flesh was yes. cut away from my spirit. Yes. Cutting away the flesh. I saw that in this dream where I saw the Lord's Spirit in me from head to toe, but there was definitely a division between my flesh and that. Spirit. Yes. And you were in. Didn't you tell me you were inside of Him? I saw. You felt you were like you were in the light, and the light yeah, was in you, and exactly. He, my spirit had been joined with Him, and we were we were light. And it was like just He, he joined Himself with us. And there's definitely. That's awesome. Yes, about about to get there. That's awesome. Yeah, that's that's so awesome, and that's so key. Uh, I was reading a commentary on um, uh, one of the scriptures that talk about the the, the mortal body being, you know, uh, don't don't put, set your mind on things of earth. Uh, consider your, the your how does the members of your mortal body as dead to sin or whatever. And the commentators had no comment on that verse because they had they don't they don't understand it. A lot of people don't understand it. They, they, they have all these commentaries. Like, that was like, say, verse 5. They have a comment on verse 2, 3, 4, verse 6, 7, 8. They, no comment. We have no way. We don't know what that means. That's exactly right. It's, it's, it's key to understand that the mortal body is not you. It's key to understand that the power of sin has been quarantined in the mortal body. That he has actually separated you, the real you, from your sin as far as the east is from the west. He has literally translated you from, the, from this realm into his realm by a door, which is Christ, the door. And you've actually moved into that other realm. That realm is in you and you are in that realm. And that's who you really are. Isn't that awesome? It's so awesome. I mean, this, his work is awesome. Let's, let's, re- right, let's read this real quick. It's so cool. All right, now I want you to, I'm going to just read, I'm going to read through this and not stop. Hopefully, I'm not going to stop. And okay, if I have to, I will. But I want you to notice something. Notice the emphasis Paul places on Christ Himself. Notice what Paul says in his emphasis on Christ Himself. Awesome. Okay, verse 13. For He rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of His beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. 
He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, all things were created, both in the heavens and on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him, all things hold together. He is also head of the body, the church, and he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will come to have first place in everything for it was the father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him and through him to reconcile all things to himself having been made peace having made peace through the blood of his cross through him I say whether things on earth or things in heaven and although you were formerly alienated and hostile in mind engaged in evil deeds yet he has now reconciled you in his fleshly body through death in order to present you before him holy and blameless and beyond reproach if indeed you continue in the faith firmly established and steadfast and not moved away from the hope of the good news that you have heard which was proclaimed from all creation and under heaven of which I Paul was made a minister now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake and in my flesh I do my share on my behalf of his body which is his church and filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions of the of this church I was made a minister according to the stewardship from God bestowed on me for your benefit so that I might fully carry out the preaching of the word of God that is the mystery which has been hidden from the past ages and generations, but has now been manifested to his saints, to whom God will to make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. We proclaim him, admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom so that we may present every man complete in Christ. For this purpose also I labor, striving according to his power, his power, which mightily works within me. For I want you to know how great a struggle I have on your behalf. And for those who are to say for all those who have not personally seen my face that their hearts may be encouraged having been knit together in love and attaining to all the wealth that comes from the full assurance of understanding resulting in a true knowledge a true revelation of God's mystery which is Christ himself in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this so that no one will delude you with persuasive argument. For even though I am absent in body, nevertheless I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good discipline and the stability of your faith in Christ. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in Him and established in your faith, as just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. See that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception, according to the tradition of men, according to the elementary principles of the world rather than according to Christ for in him all the fullness of the deity dwells in bodily form and in him you have been made complete and he is the head over all rule and authority and in him you were also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands in the removal of the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ having been buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised up with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead when you were dead in your transgressions and in the uncircumcision of your flesh He made you alive together with Him, having forgiven us all our transgressions, having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us. And He has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. When He had disarmed the rulers and authorities, He made a public display of them, having triumphed over them through Him. Therefore, no one is to act as your judge in regard to food or drink or in respect to a festival or a new moon or the Sabbath, which things are a mere shadow of which is to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. 
Let no one keep defrauding you of your prize by delighting in self-abasement and the worship of angels, taking his stand on visions he has seen, inflated with what outcaused by his fleshly mind, and not holding fast to the head from whom the entire body being supplied and held together by the joints and ligaments grows with a growth which is from God. If you have died with Christ to the elementary principles of the world, why, as if you are living in this world, do you still submit yourself to decrees such as do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, which all refer to things destined to perish with the use in accordance with the commandments and teachings of men. These are matters which would have to be sure the appearance of wisdom and self-made religion and self-abasement and severe treatment of the body, but are of no value against fleshly indulgence. Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God, set your mind on the things above and not on the things on the earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with Him in glory. Therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. For it is because of these things that the wrath of God will come upon the sons of disobedience. The sons of disobedience in reference to the sons of Adam who have not received Christ. And in them you also once walked when you were living in them, but now you also put them all aside. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive speech from your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you laid aside the old man with its evil practices and have put on the new man who is being renewed to a new, to a true knowledge or revelation according to the image of the one who created him. A renewal in which there is no distinction between God, Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave and freeman, but Christ is all and in all. So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you, beyond all these things, put on love, which is the one, the perfect bond of unity, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful that the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Whatever you do in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Glory. Isn't that awesome? Isn't it awesome? That's, that's, you see Paul's passion? It's, oh, it's awesome. It's Christ. It's Christ. It's Christ. It's Christ. Never be afraid of being called simplistic. He is our wisdom. A revelation of, of what it means to have been circumcised in body and to be buried and to be raised again in him a new creation, a revelation of this heavenly reality is the key to putting on the deeds of the new man. Paul never said, be a new man. He said, put on the deeds of who you are, who is being renewed after the image of the one who created him. As we behold him, the new man comes forth for us to to see Jesus is to see yourself in a mirror. To see Jesus is to see yourself in a mirror. Because of his work. Awesome. Julie? Oh. Lord, thank you so much. I hope I didn't yell too much, guys. Did I yell too much? No. Forgive me if I yell too much. 
I just, oh man, isn't that amazing? That, how, him, he, him, Christ, him, him, he, him, him. It's, it's all him. Don't let a concept of grace or concept of faith or a concept, don't let that lead you away from him. It's only powerful in him. It only, make, it only is, is, is glorious in him. Lord, thank you for the simplicity of God. As you said to the Corinthians, I fear that you Corinthians have been deceived and, and deluded by the Satan who would move you from the simplicity of Christ as he did Eve. From the simplicity of Christ, who is our life, as he did Eve to the tree of the knowledge of right and wrong, good and evil, leaving the simplicity of Christ, our life. Thank you, Lord, for the simplicity of Christ. To live is Christ. It's not, your, it's not our ways. Your ways are not our ways. It's a heavenly way. It's a way of rest. A deep rest. Who can know the thoughts of God but the Spirit of God? And He has been given to us to show us the thoughts of God. The Spirit has been given to show us the deep things of God that we might rest and see this awesome work, this revelation, this cataclysmic revelation of the end of a human race, the end of the human race and the beginning of a whole new creation, no longer in Adam, but in Christ. Who can know these thoughts but the Spirit of God, given to show us the deep things of God, that we might be established? What wealth, what wealth, behold the mystery of Christ revealed, God's mystery, even Christ. Jesus himself. I tell you the truth. You shall know the truth. And the truth will make you free. You shall know the real. And the real shall make you free. All that you see is a picture of the real. And we know that the things that have been made reveal the invisible things of God. For the invisible things of God are clearly seen and understood by the things that have been made. Thank you, Lord, opening our eyes to the real. Jesus is the real. Reality is not a principle, dogma. Reality is a person. The center of the universe is a beloved son. God himself revealed through Christ. Behold the great mystery of Christ. And your life is hidden with him now in God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this great power. Great power to establish us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.